Welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. There was a time, believe it or not, if you were traveling between Cleveland and Columbus, and if you wanted to grab a bite to eat, you basically had two options on 71. There was a McDonald's in Mansfield and one in Mount Vernon. And while there were a few more places to get gas, you still needed to plan your trip carefully and not get stuck with your needle heading toward E and a long gap between stations. All that, of course, has changed with so many more options, with one of the best being Goasis in Ashland, where you can choose from a variety of food options and also refill your car. The Goasis is one of the many locations managed by Travel Centers of America. This Westlake-based company has been helping travelers with their journey since 1972, marking their 50th anniversary this year. We're glad to talk to John Perchik, who serves as the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer for Travel Centers of America. John, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Dan. Nice to, nice to connect. You had an opportunity. You spent some time with the company's founder, Phil Saunders. What did you learn in the times you've had a chance to chat with him? What does he tell you about the early history of the company and, and why he decided to start it? Boy, for, I mean, first of all, what a dynamo. I mean, the, the Phil is in, his, I think, his 80s, and you just never know it. And he's such a significant uh, personality. But, but, you know, my there were so many things I learned from him. But, but probably my favorite was his story about working as a kid, even before starting up TA or Travel Centers of America, at his father's gas station in the late 50s. And, all, and he's in upstate New York. And he's working, and, you know, local trucks are coming and going. And all of a sudden, a, an old truck pulls in from California with a California plate. And he said, you know, are, are you lost? I mean, what are you doing here in New York? And that was the very beginning of sort of the U.S. highway system and the beginnings of trucks starting to move around. And I just thought that was fascinating. And everything he really did started that day with what he learned about these drivers and their needs, which has obviously changed over time. But he really, really built a great company around the specific needs of those people moving around the country in trucks. Are there some major through lines that run back to 1972 that still are occurring today when you look at the company and what it does? Are, are the, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think with Phil, what it was exactly in 72, when he built out uh, when he first came up with a concept for the company, he really was str- striving. I don't think he realized it. I think he just, in his own way of thinking, his brilliant way of thinking, was trying to design something around the needs of his customer. And he very quickly saw early on in the history of the company, you know, these drivers had special needs. They were a little bit different than just what a motorist might have. A lot of it overlaps, you know, good customer service, food options, but things like showers and a repair business and, and those very bits and pieces and parts still remain. And I think the thing we're famous for today is the breadth of our offering, the range of food offerings, the range of truck service offerings. And those started with him back early in 1972. Trucks are obviously a big part of the business. Are they still the biggest part of what Travel Centers does? Uh, well, yes, I, I would say probably. Just if you were to simply measure us financially, I would say the trucking part of our biggest business is the biggest part overall, whether it's diesel gallons or truck repair. But we really have a huge opportunity to do an even better job of serving motorists. And so we're building a lot of our planning and making significant investments, uh, always with a mind toward both the professional driver and increasingly toward motorists to make sure that we're attracting even more of them. And we are more attractive to that family driving down the road during their summer vacation or that person driving from one city to another, a salesperson, let's say. So we're increasingly focused on that. Tell me about the reserve program. I wasn't familiar with this. 
Yeah, the reserve program is a pretty neat thing where drivers, whether parts of a big fleet or an independent professional driver, can actually reserve a parking space that they pay a small and nominal amount for. But in this day and age when there's just not enough truck parking around the country, and by the way, we have the, mo- the largest truck parking areas of anybody, um, but when, when there still is a limitation in the country for a driver during the day to be able to schedule ahead and reserve a space and know that at night they're going to be able to pull in safely into a spot that's theirs is a very big deal. I think for those of us who are getting our Subarus or getting our Honda Accords, you just stop at a hotel and it's easy enough. But you're just dealing with a whole different thing with the size of this truck and what they can do with it and where they can go. I mean, you think about it, like the food options we offer on that very note, as, as, as regular motorists, we take for granted that if we want to pull into, I don't know, a Subway or a Popeye's or a, a restaurant, you know, you can certainly have us as options, but you can pull off the highway and pull into any of those. When you're driving an 18-wheeler, you're just not parking it anywhere and either getting out and walking into the Subway because there's no place to park the big truck, let alone going through the drive through And so your point speaks to a bigger point about, you know, drivers and their needs really are different. And we are designed around serving those needs in part. I didn't realize that Travel Centers also trains technicians. Is this a big part of your company? We have over 3,000 technicians, and they are a very important part of our company. Once again, one of the differentiators for us is the breadth of a range of ways we can service uh, trucks broader than anybody else. And obviously, you can have all the offerings you want. If we don't have great and well-trained people to do that work, we're nothing. And so our technicians and the training they receive is really the best in class. And they really are a, a really, really crucial part of our success as a company. Last year, Travel Centers of America generated around $7 billion in revenue. You recently rejoined the Fortune 500. What does that designation mean for the company? You know, being a part of the Fortune 500 is such a big honor. I mean, it's what you know, people dream to to work for a company like this. And for me as CEO, I, it's just a dream to work for a Fortune 500 company. It's sort of a, a recognition, a stamp of approval that we are at the top of the heap. It's, you know, the difference between, I don't know, playing a college sport and playing in the NFL. I mean, we are part of that exclusive club, so to speak. And that's a very, very big deal. And I think while we're very humble at the company, we take a lot of pride in, in that designation. What's the company's approach to continuing to grow revenue? Boy, there are so many things that just to keep it conversational and brief. On the one hand, we have so many changes that are part of this this comprehensive transformation we've been engaged in now for a couple of years. And those various tra- initiatives and, and, and work streams that we're working on will continue to help us grow financially. That's one. But then two and three are growing by franchise. We have a really great group of franchisees that are very supportive. They're some of the best operators in the business. And we have tremendous demand. And so we are for more franchise locations and so we're growing that way and finally we're growing by acquisition we've purchased a couple of locations recently we have a long list of others in the pipeline that we're excited to make a part of our network and be able to serve our biggest fleet customers with even more dots on the map nationwide when you're looking for new places to acquire what are some of the things that go into thinking this is a good site this is where we want to put a travel centers location you know, first, it's just location, location, location. Right. So we like to be along corridors, ideally where we don't have dots on the map. And that, again, allows us to serve our biggest customers. You know, what makes for a good corridor is not just that there's a gap in our network, but that there's lots of trucks moving along that 
active highway. Obviously, we prefer to have locations that already have a good operator. The owner's a good operator because we like to hire all of their employees. And so having a nice operation, we'd like to have high-quality sites. We like sites and locations that already ideally have a truck service area or at least physical space to add a truck service area. We prefer sites that have more parking because, again, just like our just like our, our breadth of offering and our, we're famous for having the larger sites and the larger number of truck parking areas. Those are some of the parameters that matter the most. But on the other hand, we can make a lot of different opportunities work. Um, we've gotten really good at looking at even smaller locations and making them fit our network. And not only acquiring new spots, but you're also updating what you have. You've been in big expansion and upgrade of your locations, some $200 million. What are some of the priorities of those upgrades? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, everything starts with the customer and what do, what are their needs, what are their wants, you know, both what do we think they are as well as we measure those things and we survey those to really understand what their needs are. So that's the first part of it. As we've done a lot of work to really understand our, our various customers and their needs, we've then built a program and a refresh program around those needs. And so in no particular order, we're improving our convenience store areas, new cash wraps, better lighting, um, some of the areas that affect the professional drivers the most, the, the professional driver showers, the professional driver lounges, going back to motorists, the, the motor, uh, the, the four-wheel parking areas is going back to trucks, the truck parking areas, some of the canopies um, and other areas that are, you know, customer facing that really will be noticed, you know, on, uh, underlying all of that too within these site refreshes. We're also refreshing our IT architecture and infrastructure and that way these sites run very efficiently. We also are updating our, our, um, our point of sale systems with things like self-checkout and a range of other, 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 um, other things to make our customers experience better in a fresh new site. You think back to Mr. Saunders, probably never would have envisioned having things like Wi-Fi and just all the kind of options and, and touchscreen ordering that comes with places like this. I, I think that's right. I mean, technology has just taken us so far, and we have so many opportunities. I mentioned the point-of-sale stuff, but even even things that aren't customer facing but that make our, our make us more efficient as a company to serve our customers better or actually believe it or not you know this little old truck stop company we're using artificial intelligence right now and machine learning we're using it in one part of our business but i think over the next two to three years you'll start to see that in a lot of places and so you know it's both the customer facing point of sale self-checkout opportunities that are very obvious uh, as well as the things that to a customer may be less obvious, but that make us more efficient and more effective, like artificial intelligence and machine learning. So we're really investing in technology in a big way to serve our customers better. John Perchick joins us for the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast. John is the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer for Travel Centers of America, based in Westlake. John, the topic that is on everyone's mind, of course, is inflation. How's that affecting travel centers' operations in terms of, since gas has gotten so expensive, what are you hearing from customers and how is it affecting things? Right. Well, I, I get, the, the answer to that really is a slightly different answer for, between the professional drivers and the motorists. So I'll address both quickly on the professional driver side. Freight is still moving. People still need the various things they need from medicine to food to et cetera. And so freight is still moving. And the, the truck part of our business, both diesel sales as well as the repair part of the business, is still very, very busy and no less busy than, than ever. And that's over two years of very big growth. You know, on the gasoline side, which is, you know, obviously consumed not by the big truckers, but by consumers like us, um, as well as in the convenience store and the food side, there's no question 
that the increased, uh, you know, 9% inflation and GDP contraction for the last couple of quarters has made it tougher on people. Now, the good news is the unemployment rate 3.6%, so many people are working, and that has created some stability. And that's why I, I don't know that we, you know, go off a cliff in any way at all. But but we have seen a little bit of a reduction on the gasoline side, as well as in the convenience store and food. We're looking at all sorts of ways to continue to serve our customers well within this tougher environment. So all sorts of incentives and specials and also on the purchasing tri- side, trying to find better uh, alternatives, you know, giving a, a wider range of alternatives, including some lower price options. Those are the kinds of things we're trying to introduce to uh, to ease the burden for our customers. Well, obviously, the vast majority of motorists are using gasoline. Are you adding electric vehicle chargers, hydrogen fueling, those kinds of things at, at travel centers? So a big part of our future, in the, first of all, in the long, long run, will be all of that, both for trucks and for passenger cars. You know, trucks are going to take a lot longer. Our infrastructure in this country is just not prepared to handle the amount of electricity and otherwise that'll be necessary to support, you know, 80,000 pounds of truck driving through the Rockies. So that's a bit of a ways off. But with that said, we are experimenting to make sure we're on the front edge of this in terms of hydrogen and electric for big trucks and microgrids to support big trucks. But on the passenger duty side, we're right now putting our very specific plans together to roll out passenger duty ultra-fast and fast charging, starting in places like California. We already have a number of locations that have chargers, but I mean really doing this with scale. And then three or four other states aggressively alongside of California, and then over the next several years across the country. We're very focused on it. The federal government has put some program, a, a, a few programs in place that will, starting toward the end of this year, pass incentive dollars through the states, ultimately to companies like ours, to help, help offset some of those immediate short-term costs. So so, yes, it's something we're very focused on. Getting customers and, and retaining them is very important. Do you have a loyalty program, a rewards program to encourage people to return to travel centers? So loyalty and rewards, we do. We've had a loyalty program in place for a long time, uh, and it's been reasonably effective, but I'm really excited. The amount of work we're putting into completely revamping our loyalty program is is tremendous. We're spending every bit of this year, and I think by the end of the first quarter of next year, we will introduce what I think will be the best-in-class loyalty program out there, both for truckers and for motorists. And it's more than just, well, if I do this, I get that. It's certainly that, and in that sense, it'll be the best-in-class. But it also has a technology component to it. So the way that our guests and customers can engage with us through an app that should be seamless, we can communicate with them. As they're driving down the highway, we can send them a notification reminding them that there's a TA nearby and here are some specials that we're offering and we can tailor those options to them specifically. Again, that's still several months, a half a year off to get to that level, but I really believe it's going to be best in class and I'm, it's something I'm most excited about. What kind of things are going on with dining operations these days? People's tastes have changed. Not everybody wants to stop and just grab a hamburger. What's going on with that these days? So on the dining side, again, we're famous for our breadth of offering, you know, the widest food offering in particular. And we have these uh, in-store delis, which we're improving. We've come up with a brand name called The Kitchen. We've introduced one. We're going to introduce several more shortly. We also have 460-some-odd quick-service restaurants. We continue to look at opportunities to improve those brands that, you know, are not as exciting in certain markets. We're upgrading to other brands that are exciting. Popeyes seem to be very, very popular. Starbucks are obviously very popular. And then finally, on the full-service restaurant side, which, by the way, nobody else in the industry focuses on this. They, frankly, our competitors have abandoned 
sit-down full-service restaurants and are directionally continuing to abandon them. And we're doubling down on them, and we will continue to offer full-service restaurants in our network. And we have uh, some older brands right now, Country Prides and Iron Skillets, that we're making plans to upgrade a number of them. Uh, we're developing our own proprietary brand that we'll be announcing, I think, soon. Separately, there's a few locations we're upgrading to a brand called Black Bear, which is very prevalent in California. We have a few of them, and our guests love them. They, they're very successful. We're also introducing a number of IHOPs in a number of locations. So in the food side of the house, we're, we're really changing many, many parts of that business to, again, to make sure we're serving our customers to the best extent we can. Your model is different. I mean, there are most restaurants when you pull off the freeway, you go to you go to Arby's or you go to McDonald's. You have this food court model with these restaurants and, and other offerings too. I think some people might think, why would I want to have my competition directly across the aisle from me? How, how does that work with the various people that are, have set up in your in your food courts? Yep, they're really like mini food courts. You know, in many locations there'll be a subway. There always um, there are always options that are complementary. There may be a pizza concept you know, a Subway and a Popeye's, that they don't compete with each other per se. They're just different tastes for different people. And if a family pulls in and a kid wants pizza, mom wants a Popeye's chicken sandwich, and, you know, a dad or another child wants something else, we can serve all of those options within, you know, five, 20 feet of each other. And so whether it's the mini food court with multiple quick service restaurants or as many truckers really like to have sit-down full service restaurants, because, you know, you're sitting in a truck all day long. You don't really have physical, like, a relationship with another human being. It's through a CB radio or the phone or otherwise. Just having a chance to sit down and engage with another live human being is very meaningful to our professional drivers. And that's one of the reasons, again, we'll continue to, to have full-service restaurants throughout our network. One of the things we've talked about frequently on the landscape, John, is this notion of the labor market and filling it and, and the great resignation. How are things going for, for travel centers? You employ some 18 thousand people are meeting open positions is everything going along well in that way so as you know we're one of the northeast ohio's top workplaces we're really proud of that by the way that honor this year and uh that certainly is a designation that's as big or bigger than the fortune 500 to us um says a lot about who we are as a company and our commitment to our team and our people with that said, you know, labor pressures through COVID at one point became tremendous. You know, there were both wage pressures and then supply, meaning finding people pressures. And, you know, we've done a lot of things to attract and retain people. And we're, I think we're doing a really good job of that. Um, just making, doing site refreshes makes for a nicer workplace. That's one, obviously. Two, we were paying competitive wages. You know, having a work environment that's people get recognized for doing good things is, is another part of our co culture. It's a part of who we are. And so, uh, you know, and, and then at corporate, we do things to keep our people excited and happy at corporate. In the summers, we've done lunches for our team so that uh, every Wednesday throughout the summer, the company provides lunch. And frankly, it was a it was a sneaky, and I say that not seriously, but a sneaky way of getting people to come back to the office <laughs> as, as COVID settled down. And so we did that. And it's more than just become that. It's more of a cultural phenomenon where you have a few hundred people together, you know, sharing a meal and just sharing stories about their lives and what's happening at work at home. And that's been really fun, too. And so all of those things from recognition, paying competitive wages, being designated as a top Northeast Ohio large company workplace, uh, all play into, um, you know, I think the success we're having on the attraction and retention side. 
Finally, it is interesting. I think to myself, I know the point of travel centers is to make money and employees want to get paid, but there is a service component to what travel centers do. You're open on Christmas Day when people are traveling, and you may be the only place somebody can grab something. Do you talk to employees about that? Do they see it that way at all? You know, we really, you know, we take uh, one thing I think I learned through COVID more than uh, almost anything else is the importance of both professional drivers. I think as a country, for the first time, we recognized how important, how centrally important professional drivers are to our lives. Again, bringing medicine and food to our homes, it wouldn't happen without them. And they're driving, you know, many of them seven days a week and through Christmas and what have you. And similarly, along those lines, we too, uh, we have to be open. And, and so we play a really important role. And I think there's a level of pride that our team or our team's plural take in, in the important role we play in the, in the broader economy. And I think we saw that through COVID. So um, you know, I, I think that's really important to note. John, we're so glad you could join us today, share the story of Travel Centers of America. Congratulations on 50 years, hopefully another 50 on the way. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Dan. A pleasure. We've been talking with John Perchick, who serves as the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer for Travel Centers of America. He joined us today for The Landscape, a Queens Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm.